Let's pray. God of love, we know that you are with us right now. So God, may your spirit move powerfully in and around us to open us up, to open our ears and our eyes, our hearts and our minds, so that we can hear a word from you. And God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts will be acceptable and pleasing to you, God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We're continuing our staycation series this morning. The basic idea is this. God's people have a mission in the world. That includes you. You, as one of God's people, have a mission in the world. And this is key. You don't have to go anywhere to live out that mission. God's mission is a thing that God's people live and breathe and do every day right where we are in our homes, on our streets, in our city. It's not about going on a mission trip somewhere. It's about living life on a mission right where we are. So whether you live in Bel Air or Meyerland or Maplewood or Linkwood or any other neighborhood, you are on mission right there, right now. And the mission is this, to proclaim the good news about Jesus. The good news about Jesus, that Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world. That Jesus came into the world not only to judge our sins, but to forgive our sins. That Jesus came into the world so that we can be made whole and have a flourishing relationship with God and with each other. And so that the world we live in today can become more like the world God intends for it to be. And in this series, we're talking about three key things that can help us understand how to live on mission, how to proclaim the good news about Jesus today. Those three things are people, place, and purpose. They're all interwoven, of course, but we're zooming in on one each week. Last week, we started with people. And you'll remember that I showed you this map. The blue circle represents a three-mile radius around our church. This is our church's mission field. The people who live inside this circle certainly aren't more important than people who live outside the circle, but they happen to be the people God has placed closest to us. So I believe that God intends that we care for them deeply. As a reminder, it's a relatively diverse mission field. Some of the statistics I shared last week, there are 209,700 people or so that live inside this circle. That's a pretty densely populated area. And of those people, more than a quarter are under age 18. A quarter of the households with kids at home are single-parent households. It's a majority-minority community, so it's racially diverse. And in economic terms, the median family income is significantly greater than the state average. But at the same time, the number of families living in poverty is 12%. That's the exact same as the state average. So this is just one little snapshot of the people who live in this place, And that's what we're going to talk more about today, place. Scenes from the Apostle Paul's missionary journeys in the ancient world have been helping us through the series. And this morning, the scripture we'll read is from the very first part of his second missionary journey. It's from Acts chapter 16. And if you've got your Bible with you, open up to Acts 16. We'll start in verse 6. Or if you've got this morning's digital worship guide, you'll find it printed there. Let's read. 
starting in verse 6. They, that is the Apostle Paul and his friend Silas, they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Let's pause right there. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit from stopping and proclaiming the good news in these places. Not because those people didn't need to hear the good news. Not because those people didn't deserve to hear the good news. Not because those people were somehow outside of God's care. But simply because the Holy Spirit had another place in mind for Paul and Silas. Verse 7, when they had come opposite Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Once again, the Spirit had a different place in mind for them to go. So, passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia, pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So notice, God doesn't just prevent people from going places. And God doesn't leave it up to them to find the right place all on their own. God also guides them, guides them to the place that God intends for them to be. Verse 10, when he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. So at this point in the story, God has led them to the particular place, Philippi of Macedonia. The particular place where God has something particular for them to do. We begin to learn what that is in the next verse, verse 13. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. Notice that the place where God intends for them to focus their work is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. When Paul and Silas set out, they were thinking, okay, let's go to Asia. Let's go to Asia and proclaim the good news. And the Spirit said no and guided them to the region of Macedonia and then to a city within that region and then to a place of prayer outside the gate by the river. The focus gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and in that particular place, here's what they did. We sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the, she was from the city of Thyatira, Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen, listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. When Paul and Silas paid attention to the particular people in the particular place that God had put them, something amazing happened. A woman's heart, Lydia's heart, was changed. It seems like a small thing, doesn't it? One person, one person's heart. The writer of Acts could have told us that on Paul's second missionary journey, thousands of people were saved, because that's true. Or he could have told us that dozens of churches were started on Paul's missionary journey, because that's true too. But that's not what God wants us to know. What God wants us to know first is that one person's life was changed. 
Now let's bring that home to our staycation. And I want to try to wrap it into two tasks that can help our church in general and you in particular live life on mission right now. First, the first task for us is think small. Think small. And I don't mean have small ambitions. I don't mean have small goals. I'm talking about geography. Living on mission where you are means thinking small, thinking local. This is why I've shown you that blue circle around our church, why we've been working with this three-mile radius. Now, our church has a partnership with Zoe Ministry in Rwanda. We have church members who go on medical mission trips to Central America. We have ministries that have an impact throughout the eastern third of our state. We've got deep relationships with ministries and with people all throughout the greater Houston area. These are wonderful things. These are partnerships we will continue. They're all things that God will continue to grow. But at the same time, it's not an accident that our church campus, our church's home base is here at the corner of Bel Air and Newcastle, right at the center of that circle we've been looking at. It wasn't an accident that Paul and Silas ended up outside the gate by the river in Philippi in the region of Macedonia. God led them there to that place, to those people with a purpose that someone's life might be changed. 75 years ago, God led the founding members of this church to this place. And throughout the years, God has provided for this church in this place because God wants to offer something particular, changed lives to this particular place. Everyone who lives in the shadow of our steeple, our mission field, through this particular church, Bel Air UMC, God has something particular to offer the people in this particular place through this particular church. Think small, think local. I've been talking about the radius around our church building, but we've always known that the church is the people not just the building. So you can do this wherever you are. You can think small. You can think local. Whatever house or apartment or room you live in, what if that's the exact place God wants you to be on mission? What if that's the exact place from which God wants you to share the good news of Jesus so that a person's life can be changed? Long ago, God guided Paul and Silas to the exact right place, and God hasn't stopped doing that. Maybe, just maybe, God's done that with you today. And that brings us to our second task, pray daily. Sounds simple, pray daily, but it's amazing how often we underestimate the power of prayer. I do it. I underestimate the power of prayer, and I know that pastors aren't supposed to do that, but I'll confess, it's really easy to let prayer become a thing that I do when I have time. But if I, want to list, if I want to live life on mission, if I want to be one of God's people working for God's good purposes in God's good world, then I need to be praying. And I'm thinking local here too. We need to pray specifically for the people who live in our mission field. Again, not because other things don't matter, but because God has put us in this place with a purpose. And I think this is going to be critical for our church in the months ahead because the world has changed. 
The coronavirus has changed the world. People don't do the things they used to do, at least not as often. And people live and connect and learn and work and socialize in all sorts of new ways. So if we want to keep being people who are proclaiming the good news about Jesus in ways that our neighbors will hear, we'll need to be attentive to them in prayer. And just as God showed Paul and Silas exactly where to go and what to do, God will reveal to us what we should do. At least, God will reveal to us what is the next right thing for us to do from here at the corner of Bel Air and Newcastle. Last week, I gave you an assignment as part of the sermon, uh, an assignment that goes along with our staycation series. I'm going to ask you real quick, raise your hand if you completed the assignment. This, this is like the safest time to raise your hand in church because I can't see you. But the assignment was to think about a way or some ways in which you have experienced the goodness of God. Because the first, the first step in sharing the good news about God is to know how God has been good to you. If you haven't done the assignment yet, you can do it today, and you can find it at belairumc.org slash connected. And I've got another assignment for you today. We'll post it at the same website, and your assignment this week is twofold. Think local, pray daily. Think local, pray daily. I want you to think about the place you live, your home, wherever that is, and think about the people who live closest to you. And you know that I love lists, so I'm going to encourage you to make a list of these people. But don't make it too big. Think local, local, local. If there are other people who live in your house, that's the perfect place to start. Start with them. Include them in your list. If you know your neighbors, write their names down on that list. If you don't know their names yet, that's okay. Write down the people who live in the gray house or whatever way that will help you know which neighbors you're talking about. Make a map of your street. Go onto the computer, zoom in on a map of your street on one of the map apps, and then pray daily. Pray every day this week for the people that God has put geographically closest to you. Pray for your kids who are doing their online school in the next room. Pray for your spouse who's working from home in the bedroom. Pray for your neighbor across the street who might be dealing with the same things or different challenges altogether. Pray for the family next door. Pray for all the houses on your block. It doesn't have to be a beautiful, flowery prayer, just something simple. Lord, I pray for the family that lives in the brown brick house across the street. I don't know their names, God, but you do. I pray that they know that you love them, and I pray that you will help me to love them and help me to know how to live on mission for you. Something simple. Every day this week, pray for those people that God has put geographically closest to you, and then see what happens. The point is not to save all the people in your, in your neighborhood. The point's not to start some new neighborhood initiative. The point's not to do some big grand thing, some gesture that everyone will notice. No, the, the point from our story this morning is much simpler. God wants to change one person's heart. One person. Maybe it'll be you. Let's pray. Oh God, you are good and we know it. And we praise you for all the work that you're doing in our midst. We pray particularly for those people whom you've put closest to us. We pray that you will touch each of their hearts with your redeeming love. And along the way, Lord, we pray that you will touch our hearts too. So that we will be made new in the image of your son, Jesus, filled with his compassion and care for all the world. Amen.